Hello, and welcome to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. This is John Goodwin, your host. This podcast is dedicated to the aspiring writer or artist and will provide inspiration and tips from top professionals in the field, along with contest winners and a few surprise guests. Today, we are speaking with Ken Scholes. Ken was a winner way back in 2005 in Rise to Feature Volume 21 with his short story, Into the Blank, Where Life is Hurled, and he's lived a whole lot of life since then. Welcome, Ken. Hey, thanks, John. It's good to be here. Yeah, so um, back in 2005, we were in Seattle, Washington, which wasn't that much of a flight for you, but it was a great trip for me to go up there because it's such a beautiful area. So um, let's just, you know, first, before we get into a lot of other stuff of, of um, tips and, and ideas for aspiring writers, just coming forward a little bit about, you know, with you since uh, having won in 2005, because you've been pretty much Mr. Eclectic. You've been um, a gun repairman, a sailor, a soldier, a preacher, a nonprofit exec, and um, all that with the history from Western Washington University. So what's life been like since 2005? Well, you know, right as the future was a, a great, uh, it was a great launch for me. I had I'd only submitted twice. I submitted once for a, a short story that I actually went on and sold to a small press market. Um, it actually, I think it was my third short story sale. Yeah. And then I submitted for the second time in 2004 and ended up winning. And then after that, I got dared into writing my first novel, which turned into a five-book contract with Tor, uh, and a five-book series, which the first the first novel came out in um, 2009, Lamentation, and then there were uh, you know four more after until it wrapped up with him. Um, and then along the way, you know, I started picking up, you know, I picked up short story, more short story sales. I have three collections now, over 50 short stories that I've I've seen out the gate since I started. Um, and this year, uh, 2020, is, is going to mark uh, 20 years since I first broke into print. And we just released a new little book called uh, If Dragons Math Eve Be Cold and Clear. just came out from Fairwood Press at the um, beautiful little paperback um, of a holiday story. Oh, that's nice. And... Is is writing still your major uh, calling? Your your major source of of income, I guess, for your life. It's not. You know, it was it was never really a major source of income because writing doesn't pay super well. But it was definitely a source. It was a source of some income and a source of joy. Uh, I was able to be full time for a bit uh, when I was married and had a had a working spouse. Um, but I. Uh, I would say that writing is still a passion of mine, but it's not. Uh, I and it's not, but it's not. Uh, it's it's not going to pay my bills necessarily. It may, at some point, uh, turn a corner. But <laughs> for now, I'm I'm working on, you know, I'm working on some shorter fiction projects. Um, and then I'm also, you know, I'm a musician. I've been playing music for thirty some years, and I've just finally got my first album dropping um, in January, um, just in time for my fifty second birthday. Um, yeah, that was a part of you. Pardon? That was a part of you I did not know about. I just knew about the writer side. So this was when you told me that when we when you recently got back in communication about that, I was fascinated and looking forward to hear you talk about it. I just wanted to put that in there because this is this is fascinating. Well, and you know that you you, that's a part of me that you missed very slowly 
while I was building myself up as a writer out there in the convention circuit, I was traveling with my guitar. If it was a convention that I didn't have to fly to, um, I started, I finally had a change of heart about flying with my guitar a couple of years back. And now I, I take it everywhere if I go someplace because I've, I've come to accept that music is just as much a part of my expression of life as my writing ever was. And when you combine the two, you know, go into a room and tell funny stories about being a writer and sing a couple of songs, it, it creates kind of a nice experience. So one of the things that was nice in my life in 2012, when I did quit my job for a little while, I started playing gigs and I hadn't done a lot of regular, um, playing since the days of being a gospel singer back when I was a preacher. So it was, you know, I was getting out into bars and coffee shops. And so now I play here in Portland. If anybody's ever in town, this includes you and the gang. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I play every other month at the Rose City Book Pub, which is this wonderful little bookstore that serves food and drink. Um, it's just a great little uh, place. And I play there every other month in Portland, and then I, you know, I play around the area other places as well. The, the live album, the album that's coming, is a, is a recording of a live show I played uh, out in St. Helens, a village and lounge where I, I played first Fridays for about four years. So is this, is this country, or is this folk, or is this pop, or what kind, kind of, of music? Kind of a folk rock um, alternative uh, sensibility. Um, I uh, it would take nothing to get me on a stage with a guitar. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, to read or to sing. I mean, either either one. So, but yeah, that's been a nice area to explore more in my life. And, and I, you know, it's what I've been doing before. When I left before I left the ministry, I had written around seventy five gospel songs, and that's where I had primarily been exploring my. My, my creativity, right? Uh, because I wasn't writing, I wasn't writing fiction. Um, and then I started writing fiction, and then of course when I, um, you know, I jumped in that five book series over the course of a decade, um, along with a bunch of short stuff, uh, I got a little tired. So after 2016, when I finished the series, I decided to take a little sabbatical from fiction, and I didn't come back to it again until 2018. I wrote a short story. And uh, now this year, I started outlining a series of short novels in the same universe as my series, but picking up later um, and, um, and and exploring another kind of path through the the events of the last part of my of my five book four. Um, and then, of course, you know, I, I'll write any short story for anybody that wants it. But <laughs> I, I think that the. the the creative, you know, the creative impulse, you know, whether you're an illustrator or a writer or a musician, I think you just live your life uh, in a way that you can collect raw material that you then turn into your art, you kind of bend it into art, like, you know, balloons into little animals. Um, and the contest gives you a great place to, to um, kind of ground yourself. I mean, I'm still running with people that I met. 15 years ago in Seattle, and I'm still friends with my judges. As a matter of fact, one of my judges is, is a publisher of mine now, Kevin J. Anderson. Oh, has, wow. Uh, he yeah. Published a, yeah, he published a book with Jay and I. Um, you know, and, and so I, uh, uh, I mean, those, you know, and he's bought short stories from me. It's, so these relationships continue deep into your life, just like, you know, you and I are still in touch 15 years later. Um, but, but, I mean, we have to, you know, the, the number one thing that we all have to get over in order to, to move through it is ourselves. Right. Yeah. And that's, 
that's the story of overcoming is getting out of the way of all the noise in our heads or the distractions, the other things that show up. But I think that people who create, you know, they just, they, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine a different kind of life. I mean, I can move between fiction and nonfiction. I can move between music and, and writing. Um, but I, I can't imagine not creating. So you've got, uh, um, two children. How old are they now? I have uh, twin daughters. They're 10 years old now. So how do you, how do you juggle being a single parent with your, your twins and your creativity? Do you find that that enhances it? What, what, how's that fit in or how does it, how have you made it work? I, you know, earlier it was a lot harder. Um, it was harder. I had a harder time when I wasn't, uh, when I wasn't living alone. I'm parenting, parenting them, you know, half time on my own. Um, but now, uh, I, I think the thing that changed is my expectation, uh, level on myself. I adjusted yeah. and I, I took on a quieter, slower pace. Uh, I intentionally slowed down and, and decided to stop and smell the roses as they speak, you know, they say, uh-huh. um, and by doing that, by not killing myself with pressure, um, I now just move between the things that I want to work on when I want to work on them. Um, so I, I, you know, I have plenty of time. I always did. Um, usually we, we do, we just don't know how we just don't know how to access the muscle that, that has us use that time well. Right. Um, so I, when I want to work on a project, I, you know, the kids do their own thing and I just do that work. Um, I don't do anything to the point where, you know, I'm, loft for hours on end, right? I, I, I am checking in with them and I'm, I'm not, I'm just not as caught up. I guess that's the, maybe the better way to say it is I'm just not as caught up in it all as I used to be. Um, so I can enjoy it while it's happening. So you're able to sense? write. Yeah. So you're able to write and enjoy your writing or your music and enjoy your music and being a father and enjoy that. Yeah. And I don't put pressure on myself, um, about, Oh, I'm a I'm a lousy dad because I played this show, um, or oh, I'm a lousy musician because I didn't I turned down a show to go do this thing with my kid. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't do those games with myself. Um, I don't I don't create my own agony, so to speak. Um, I I am grateful when I get to play a show. I'm grateful when I get to hang hang with my kids. They are they're they are, As a matter of fact, I'm sitting in my recliner in the living room. They they're with their mom tonight. And we decorated the house uh, yesterday. So I'm sitting in a sea of Christmas lights right now. <laughs> and the, the tree that they picked out, our first Christmas uh, on our own, uh, they picked out the tree that had the brightest lights built in already. Wow. Um, so, yeah, right. And it's got a dial. So I've got it set to something that won't induce a seizure. But... Um, <laughs> But it's 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 nice. I'm sitting here in the in the the glow of, of Christmas. Oh, that's very um, nice. That's very nice. It is. So it now, is. over the uh, over the years, when you've you know, I know you don't so much do the the convention circuit these days. But was there anything that you found as a commonality that people were asking you, or that you're able to provide to aspiring writers that they really appreciated? You know, I think my favorite part, and so it kind of brings up a, you know, it's been doing, the toughest part of this has been 
Uh, the best part of this has been the people I meet, and the toughest part has been saying goodbye to those people. And, uh, you know, we just lost John last, uh, in, just in October. He's one of my closest friends going back 22 years. Uh, and then we lost Jay five years ago, Jay Lake. Yeah. Um, and those two guys uh, taught me so much. And, and but particularly John and I used to, one of the things that we were starting, we were getting ready to go start playing it again, actually. Uh, but we used to go, um, after we'd been doing this for a while and we'd been, you know, going to conventions for over a decade and all of that, we put together a class that we would teach where writers could just sit and ask questions about anything at all. Um, because there wasn't, you know, there were a lot of panels that were focused on different topics, but there really wasn't a place other than the bar where you could just ask writers all the questions you ever wanted to ask. That was a piece that I know people in later years have said they really valued. We would, you know, we would get a room and we would have two hours and we would um, get every question up on the wall around the room and we would just go through all of the different crafts and business questions. Um, and it was, still, it was super simple, but it, it, it seemed to resonate with people. That's, um, and then, you know, I, oh, go ahead. No, I was saying that's, that's, that's interesting because one of our best podcasts is the one from the, uh, panel we switched the format of our panels at conventions now at the recent one at dragon con we just we did the first about 20 minutes just talking about the contest and some various things on entering the contest in the last 30 40 minutes was just come up and ask all the judges questions and we had brandon sanderson and we had rob sawyer and kevin anderson and rebecca mesta and several others there were about eight different judges that were up there they're just people would ask whatever questions and that's been the best podcast because people you know they're interested in in tips of what works but also what's important you know with what you're saying is is the inspiration which is really important because people aren't used to reject 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 how do you overcome that how do you deal with that how do you maintain confidence to move on and that's why this podcast yeah. is so important it is what well, and people do there's a um there's a perseverance that um, it takes. It takes a certain amount of, of grist to do it because you're, you know, I think I was rejected 75 times before my first sale. Um, and it's, but eventually once you start selling, once you, once you start consistently writing marketable fiction, um, which is really, that's really what it's about, right? Is that it takes a while. Um, and I'm, I'm super curious to see how it is. You know, when I came to all of this, you know, we had the gatekeeper of the editorial process, but now with, with uh, independent publishing, there's, it's a really different critter out there, I think. It is different, and I recently did a, uh, an interview with the publisher of Tor. You mentioned that he, you know, you've um, done that. So with, I talked to Tom Doherty. He was out in L.A. recently for World Fantasy, and I asked him about you know, the change of landscape, and he said, Regardless of the self-publishing, there's always going to be a need for what a publisher can provide to guarantee good material out there for the reader. And it's unfortunate because now anything can go and it can be discouraging. And that was the same problem that we had earlier on with audiobooks. Anybody can just say they can read a book and put it up there. And if that's the first thing you listen to, then you're like, I don't like audiobooks. So it's important to have yeah. that. I think that the publisher there that can help provide the needed tools to guarantee that when a guy is going to invest his $10 or $15, he's, it's going to be money well spent. 
It it really yeah, and I and I'm not you know I think that people can do very well in independent publishing. They have, and I I'm not. It's a great platform, especially for people who have a backlist of books that they've already seen published, and they they just need to get them back out into the world. There's so many different positives from it, but there was also something really positive about being told no over and over again until I got good enough. Yeah. Until I until I practiced my craft to the point where I was internalizing the the mechanics of good storytelling. And and there are you know people the folks out there that are hiring editors and doing it you know doing a good job of of building their stories and building their craft while they do it. I, I think there are lots of success stories on both sides of that that uh, that coin. But I really love that I got you know I was kind of part of that generation that came through you know throwing my stories in the mail in an envelope to a magazine um i just think the experience for me was was valuable and i think what you, the point you make on that once you've already got now your backlist that you can go off as on your own on independent lines to be able to sell that that's what kevin did you know he was doing and he created word fire to provide him an outlet for selling his backlist and it, mm-hmm. grew, it grew from that. That was what it was as a solution to. So that makes sense. But it also makes sense to go through the, I don't know if you say trial by fire, but to go through a proper experience so that when the audience gets something they're going to read, it's going to like, I like this guy. And it helps to guarantee you're going to have yourself a good first impression. Yeah. Well, I love the way that it went for me. And I, you know, I got dared into it. I, I was going to write short stories. I had no interest in writing novels. But I got dared into writing Lamentation, and that turned into a you know a, a relationship with Thor, and a series that I'm I'm really proud of. I, I think the Psalms of Isaac it was not commercially successful, but it picked up some nice awards. It picked up great reviews. The people who love it really love it, um, and you can still find it out there in the world. My my favorite version at this point is the Audible uh, versions because they did such a great job with the voice cast. Yeah, you know, I, I love that I got to be a part of all of that, and I, I you know, I, I'm still at it. I'm just, I've slowed way down. Yeah, uh, I don't, and I don't know that I'll, I don't know that I'll speed up because I'm really interested in seeing what happens with the other parts of my life, and you know, I'm also working. I still, uh, I still have a job in the in the public sector. I'm in in public procurement. I've got uh, ten years. As I started at the county the same year I won Riders of the Future. I took a four-year break to be with my kids, but um, but I've been you know at the same job really since 2005. Wow! And just as going back a little bit here, you were you were mentioning some of your um, the people that you that you met and the people that you know you lost. You mentioned uh, Jay Lake because he was like a a dear friend for me as well, and I remember seeing him at the uh, San Diego Comic Con. He said this would be my last convention. But it's interesting his because he he signed a, a copy of the his last book Green for me, but the artist who painted that Dan Dos Santos we just brought on he just became an illustrator of the feature judge and he illustrated um, he painted that cover and he's also done covers for several other judges and winners he's done with uh, Diana Rowland and for uh, Brandon Sanderson Patrick Rothfuss Mike Resnick so he's it's, it's great how the the contest continues to grow and how, despite how big science fiction and fantasy is, it really is, when you get down to the, the core of the community, it really isn't that big of a community. 
it's it's not it's a it's family and 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 he's also uh he's the cover artist for john pitt's uh tour series with, with the sarah bohall books that's and right. now, yeah. when tour dropped that series kevin j anderson picked it up at wordfire so he's publishing john's fifth novel uh is coming out i mean it's coming out posthumously at this point but it'll be out you know i think anytime soon different cover artists but isn't it interesting how that world just kind of such a small world yeah when we met dan at uh at dragon con earlier this year um we tried to tell him you know we were we saw him walking by and we we wanted to uh pitch him on writers of the future books and he says i know that contest and he started talking about it and then it just just rapidly evolved that he was absolutely interested in the contest and follow up later on so it very rapidly escalated into becoming a, a judge for the contest because he himself had observed what it has done for the uh, for the industry, both writers and illustrators. Now, thirty six years later, yeah, no, it's been. I mean, it's been great for me. I'm still, like I was saying, I'm still friends with folks I met in Seattle, and um, it's, I mean, it, it the, the workshop was a great experience. Um, somebody just was asking about my twenty four hour story. Uh, which went, you know, of course, went on to sell eventually, right? Yeah. Uh, dot com paid me nice money for that, um, but uh, you know, I mean, that it was just, yeah, it's a great experience. I, I, and you know, I also had the benefit because of how things went for me and with Fordial, uh, you all brought me down a few times to talk to the other winners and, and uh, attend award ceremonies, and I had a a great uh, couple of visits uh, yeah. down uh, for that. So, yeah. Definitely. So why should an aspiring writer enter the contest? You know, because they can just go to self-publishing. You can just go to, I'm just going to put my stuff up mm-hmm. and just let it go. Why should they enter the contest? Well, I mean, I, I can, I mean, I entered it because I saw it as a valuable market in the, in the industry. Yeah. It was respected. Um, I, it was one of the only, uh, maybe the only market that paid you plus if you know they sent you to a uh, you know to a workshop for a week with some of the top names in the field you had Anne McCaffrey um, at years i think that year i did i as a matter of fact yeah she i i, I did i think that uh, i had her and you know and larry niven and jerry pornell and jay spoke uh and Kevin and rebecca um, that, you know, all of them got, were just amazing. And Tim Powers and Katie Wentworth were our teachers and yeah. they were wonderful. I, all of the experience was, was really positive for me. And, uh, and, and what it, it did, it opened up doors. It was my first pro level sale. So I made a bunch of small press sales, but I was still eligible for the contest. It was my first pro level sale and it was followed almost immediately by a second pro level sale. Suddenly you put in your cover letter that you'd won writers of the future. Um, and in that second sale was the short story that turned into lamentation. Um, and so everything happened very fast for me after writers of the future. I had a novel within a year. I had an agent and a five book deal within two years. Uh, and I was off to the races really moving pretty hard and fast until 20, 15 maybe 2014 when jay died i slowed down quite a bit and then really slowed down after i finished the series so on your music and your your storytelling what can we look forward to in the future now what what stories or music 
or both? Sure, both. Be, I think we're going to see some. We're going to see a little bit of everything coming out of me. I'm working on a nonfiction book now called "Experiencing Life: An Owner's Manual," and that's um, most self-help, uh, a kind of a reflection on on the big lessons learned. And then I've got uh, I've started this short. I would say short novel, long novel project um, called Pilgrims to the Dream. Uh, and the first uh, the first little volume is called Winds of Ash on Homeward Sale. Uh, so I'm working on that now. That's in the, the I'm taking notes. And that's the, this is the first big fiction project that's laid its teeth in me since I finished the series. So I feel pretty fun, pretty, pretty good about having fun with that. And then with the uh, album, I have the live album releasing here. Uh, just in the next month or so. And then I'm in the studios very slowly. It's going to take a year or two, um, but we'll, we're going to slowly lay down a studio version um, of this live album. And so, is this, is this um, a solo? Is this solo or is this with a... a... It's solo work. I'll be bringing in, you know, I play guitar and I do vocals and harmonicas. And of course, we'll bring in any, you know, any other musicians. With the live show, uh, I, have a, I have a show that I also recorded with a jazz musician um, and so if this live show works well, I may follow up with this other live show. Wow. Um, but the, but the initial one is, yeah, the other one is solo work. And, uh, I sent you up a few songs. You'll have to give them a listen and let me know what you think. And if you ever need a, uh, if you need a musician, I, uh, I know this guy, <laughs> um, but I, and I'm not that far away, right? I've got, That's a fact. Uh, I can hop a plane. I can hop a plane pretty fast, John. That's, that's um, a fact. And, and, and now I fly with my guitar, right? I, I I finally decided that I have I have insurance. I can fly with my guitar. And now, um, so that's so one thing you can see more from me in the future is more music. And then you know, one, at least once a year, I go out and teach writing. I um, or I do if I can. I, this year I went. I did a one day workshop for Clarion. Um, I went up to Canada for a workshop a few years back, and I went out to the coast a couple of years back. Um, but I, um, so I like to get out, you know, I don't do the conventions, but if a workshop says, Hey, we'd like you to come and teach, uh, I, I'm always willing to go do that. Um, always willing to write a short story if an editor wants one. Um, and, uh, and then I, you know, I, yeah, writing music, playing shows, being a dad, just kind of enjoying my life at a quieter, gentler pace with my eyes a little wider open and my mouth more, uh, closed. <laughs> So if somebody wants to find you, how do they find you? Well, I still have a few a few slots on my Facebook wall. So uh, Facebook friend me. It, that's a great way, fast way to have a chat with me if you want to. Uh, you can also find me at tenskulls.com. Um, and there's a, a place there where you can, you can check out the music or you can get a note over to me. I'm easily found. That's great. Well, thank you very much, Ken. It's been really a pleasure for me to speak with you after all these years. I was, I see you on Facebook periodically, and then when your le- most recent post about um, the loss of your best friend, I said, okay, I need to call him and talk to him because it's, uh, I miss being able to talk to you. And so uh, I'm so glad you gave me this opportunity here. Oh, happy to, John. And uh, hey, I am always here. And if you're ever in Portland, uh, let me know. I will. And thank you, listeners, for listening. Subscribe to the Writers of the Future podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Writers and Illustrators of the Future contests created by L. Ron Hubbard to provide a means for the aspiring writer and artist to be seen and acknowledged. 
It is free to enter and open to new and amateur short story writers and artists of science fiction or fantasy. Once again, thank you very much, Ken. Hey, thank you, John. 